Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121. Or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnick. And as I'm sitting here buying Super Bowl flights for our trip coming up to Vegas. Wow. Well, good for you. You imagine the all-Texas Super Bowl. <laughs> Man. No, that would that would irritate the hell out of me because... Frank Reich and the Buffalo Bills screwed me out of that back in the day. Mm-hmm. It happens. Indy Kalu joining us now in the Buyers at Barricades at Guest Line. Of course, played in the NFL for a long time. Uh, Texans ambassador do, does Texans television. Is it too uh, early to think Texans could actually get to the Super Bowl, Indy? Well, actually, when you said the All-Texas Super Bowl, I got real excited because how awesome would that be? But it's funny. I was actually thinking, is it too early to think the Cowboys could make it? Because we know the Texans could make it. Well, so. I, I expect nothing less from you. That's why I put it on the tee that way. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so we, we have the same thought but different team. But seriously, that would be cool. Do you th- do all think the NFL would like that? You know how some people say, the Washington-Michigan uh, game wasn't quite what the networks wanted. Do you think the networks would appreciate Dallas versus Houston? Because I think that would be awesome. I think they would. Well, and, and look, if if we truly went by an NFL script, the Cowboys would be in the Super Bowl at least every other year for the ratings bonanza that they would be, right? True. Uh, True. And I think once you get to the Super Bowl, uh, all, all bets are off. There has been teams in the Super Bowl that you go – how the hell did that happen? Remember when Carolina played New England in Super Bowl thirty eight <laughs> there in Houston? I mean, it, hell it of a happened, game too. And, and it was a hell of a game. And and honestly, the Texans have kind of become that that sweetheart, uh, sexy team to root for because C.J. Stroud is just such a likable guy. D'Amico Ryan's such a likable guy, and they're doing what's unexpected. And and America loves the underdog, and that's kind of what they've become this year. No, and you know what? They're the underdog, and they actually have good players who are good people. So, And I don't know if it resonates with the rest of the country, and maybe I'm too close to it, but when you interview C.J. Stroud and talk to him one-on-one, when you talk to Tank Dell one-on-one, when you talk to Blake Cashman one-on-one, these are like good dudes. Like, I hate to admit this to y'all, but they forced Kami Fairbairn on me for my, for my Texan podcast. <laughs> for those who don't know, he's the kicker. You. And I almost wanted to take back everything I said about kickers after sitting down with him for the entire podcast. So, but these guys, they're just actually good dudes in their easy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Hang I on. I thought hang, that, that's interesting. Hang on a second. You had to interview a kicker and you didn't yeah. kick back. And then you talked to a kicker and you realized he's a human being and now you like kickers. 
I'm not going to go as far as say I like kickers, but I guess I kind of understand them. It's kind of like the racist dad who doesn't want his blonde-haired daughter to marry the black guy. You're not going to say I, you're not going to say I like black guys, but I guess I understand they're humans also. Well, with kickers, you know, with kickers, I'm not going to say I like them, but I, I understand that they're they're somewhat athletes. When they're, when, they're when they forced said kicker on you. Did you say, do you know who I am? I am Indy Kalu. I am not going to interview on my podcast a damn kicker. I'd rather have the third string linebacker. That's exactly what I said, but then they said your check won't come in next week if you ah. don't do the podcast. So I said, you know what? In that case, give me the punter as well because uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. when it comes about the money, I will do almost anything. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, though, Indy, you better be nice to that guy because I could see this game this Saturday coming down to Fairbairn's leg. It could possibly happen. No, you're dead on. I mean, look, look all jokes aside, I like to talk trash. You know, I'm not feeling overly confident for this game, and you're you're absolutely right. Like this, this is a game where it's going to be decided by a touchdown or even less than that, and somebody's kicker is going to have to make some big plays. So I'm 100 percent with you on that. You know, you look at this the the matchups all across the NFL, and I don't think there's a tougher one. I mean, there's some good games, but I don't think it's a tougher one than what the Houston Texans have drawn on Saturday. I mean, that, that Cleveland Browns team, that defense is for real, and the old man is playing well. The old man's playing well. The entire team is playing well around him. I mean, this is a guy, he's had a couple of games where he had two interceptions. The other game, he had three interceptions, and they still won the game. That lets you know the entire team is playing at a high level. The only thing, Joe, that would make it tougher was if they had to play in the dog pound. The fact that they're playing here in Houston and the Houston fan base is geeked up, I think that's going to help, uh, obviously, the Texans. But, yeah, if you're talking about playing Cleveland in Cleveland in a year where – remember, when they signed Deshaun Watson, a.k.a. Rub Rub, when they signed him, they were like the joke of the entire league. And when he got hurt, people you know, people who were upset and that they signed him were saying, see, that's what happens, that's what you get. And then for them to turn the season around and and ball out, like there's a lot of excitement in Cleveland. So I'm glad and thankful for the Texans that this game's actually at home. You know, Wendy, it it would only make sense with with all the different storylines in this NFL playoffs. If Deshaun, (coughs) I can't even say it without choking up, if he was starting in this game. But the fact that Cleveland went into Houston, where you just said it's so important for them to be playing this game at home, they went into Houston just a couple, three weeks ago, and they kicked their ass, 36-22. Uh, I yeah. would assume that D'Amico Ryans will assign somebody to cover Amari Cooper this week. How, mu- <laughs> I, I, how much does that game and the way that one went factor into the preparation for this week's playoff game? No, you, you absolutely have to watch that film. But what you can't do, and what my biggest concern, well, one of my concerns for the Texans in their preparation for this game is to spend so much time focused on making sure Amari Cooper doesn't have another historic game and just be so focused on Amari Cooper that David Njoku, you know, has 150 yards receiving <laughs> because you forget to you forget to game plan against one of the better tight ends in the league. So, no, you're absolutely right, but you just want to, and D'Amico's a defensive guy, so there's a lot of pride there. Like, hold on, if we're going to lose, it's not going to be because of the defense. So if you spend too much time focused on 
uh, Omari Cooper because of the ridiculous, ridiculously good game that he had. They also have some other guys. You know, they're not household names, but they have a, uh, other pass catchers. And the reason I focus on the word pass catcher because I'm throwing the tight end in there as well. That that can beat you. Indy, I've got to ask you, because as smooth and as cool as uh, C.J. Stroud has been, this may sound like a, a ridiculous question, but I think it has some legs. It is his first playoff game. The playoffs, as you know, are, are much different than the regular season. Do you think yeah. nerves are going to play a factor in C.J. Stroud, at least early on in this football game? I have to say yes, even though he's been so cool, even though he's carried himself. Besides his awesome play, obviously, just the, the the way he's carried himself like a seasoned vet. But but it's the NFL. It's the playoffs. He's gonna feel the energy. He's gonna see he's gonna see Miles Garrett, and Miles Garrett is gonna look bigger than he did the first time the uh, Texans played the Cleveland Browns. And I know uh, C.J. Stroud wasn't on the field, but once he feels the energy, he's absolutely gonna uh, get a little bit more butterflies and, and, and quite you know and, and truly understand what's at stake. So I don't care how cool common collective you are especially as a quarterback you're definitely going to feel it and it's okay to have nerves it's, mm-hmm. it's okay to you know throw a interception to martin emerson who leads their team in interceptions but it's how you respond to that indy kalu joining us here on the blitz former texans defensive end texans tv analyst and the san antonio sports hall of fame member and and, and i i didn't really want to focus much on the fact that in that game in which Cleveland won a couple weeks ago, 36-22, C.J. didn't play in that game. but right. uh, And so offensively, I mean, you know, Davis Mills and Case Keenum both played a, a, a lot in that game. But the reality is, to me, that was maybe one of the worst defensive games we've seen uh, the Houston Texans play this year. Um, and we know what the Cleveland Browns are defensively. I, I don't know which side of the ball I should be more worried about. Well, the offense should be better because CJ is going to be playing. But that defense uh, that Cleveland has is still good, and the weather is going to be good for them too. I, I don't know if, and with D'Amico being a defensive coach, what's the bigger concern for you? You know what the the defense looked horrible. I mean, when you look at what Amari Cooper did, and I don't. I know he had a couple of touchdowns and over 250 yards, but less than 300 yards. I knew it was, but I, you know, he had 265 on 11 catches. <laughs> wow. That, that's crazy. Like, thank you for that. But you have to believe that that's just not going to happen again. <laughs> you know, that you just have to believe and hope and prepare for that not to happen again. But here's what makes me nervous. If you shut down Amari Cooper, uh, the, the game that they had was so impressive, the Cleveland Browns. But they didn't do much running. So the thought is, well, if they have a better day running the ball, and even if they even things out as far as the pass receivers and Elijah Moore getting a little bit more uh, involved in the game, you can still have a better, well-rounded game from the Cleveland Browns. And that's kind of what makes me nervous. So if, if Amari Cooper, as crazy as this may sound, just kind of gnaw what I'm saying to see if it makes sense, as crazy of a game as Amari Cooper had, they didn't have a great game running the ball. If Amari Cooper had 265 yards receiving, if Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt had over 100 yards rushing, then I would say, you know what, don't even watch the film of that game. That that doesn't truly represent the Texans. They actually shut down the run, but they just allowed Amari Cooper to to go off. My concern is what happens if Amari Cooper has a regular 100-yard game and then Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt, you know, both play better than they did last last outing. That that's the part that kind of concerns me. 
I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be a, a, a very entertaining football game, and I'm looking forward to it. But, Indy, I want to tap into your brain as an NFL player. How, how do players react to, say, and I'm going to use Washington as, as an example, when they played the Cowboys Sunday, everybody knew Ron Rivera was going to be fired. Uh, that, that team's probably going to change up a little bit, and, and all kinds of new stuff is going to happen. Uh, and then, you know, Jerry Jones kind of saying that we need to see how the playoffs go, kind of intimate. He walked that back a little bit today. How do players respond to that when you know that the head coach is either going to be fired or is on the hot seat? You know what, I wish I could tell you something honorable, but I've been on a team, and it was Washington. And, you know, it's funny you bring that up. When I was with Washington, it was when North Turner was fired, and we knew that the coaching staff was going to change. The Dallas Cowboys was our last game. And I'll never forget, Leamont Evans, our safety, and at this time I was the youngest guy on the roster age-wise, but it was my second year in the league. And uh, right before, um, right after our night meetings, he he told the coaches to leave, and he said, "Hey, I want to talk to the players." And I'm this young 22 year old guy thinking, "Oh man, he's going to say something to really inspire me for this last game, even though we know it doesn't matter." And the coaches are all about to be fired. And he stood up and he said, "Well, guys, I want y'all to do one thing tomorrow: protect yourself because they don't care about you, and if you get hurt, you're not going to get to sign." with somebody next off season. And I was like, hold on, what are you saying? And he's saying, don't go out there and get hurt. And I'm still waiting for this Newt Rockney moment. And he basically said, if you have to lay it down tomorrow, just go ahead and lay it down and don't get injured. So with Washington and Ron Rivera, even though he's a great man, a great coach, when you know that the writing's on the wall that they're going to get rid of, not just your head coach, but the entire coaching staff, you see what you saw with the, um, you know, with the Washington. They just kind of just gave up on the season, and each man is just trying to protect them out there, protect themselves to get ready for off season and hopefully signing with another team. You know, and, and you hate to see that, but at the same time, it is a business decision. Mm-hmm. And while you were expecting something else, it was probably great advice that I'm guessing in the room was pretty well received. Uh, you know, probably some guys say, "Yeah, you didn't really have to say that, but I appreciate you." <laughs> Oh, I gave the same speech 10 years later when I was with the Texans and we were about to play our last game <laughs> and our coaching staff was about to get fired. I said, hey, guys, just go out there and protect yourself. You don't want to get hurt in a meaningless game. But, no, all jokes aside, I would never – I'm actually one of those, if there's another jersey on the field, you just give it all you got like it's a Super Bowl. But you're right. Once you get to the NFL, there's a lot of business decisions that are made and not just trying to win one for the Gipper. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm curious about that because we see D'Amico Ryans, and, and the players love him. They're playing hard for him. And then there's other coaches. It, it is a business. How much is the coach involved, or does that vary from team to team? It varies from team to team depending on the on the coach. Like, my three years with the Texans, uh, you know, we weren't great. Matter of fact, my claim to fame with the Texans, I was on the first team that didn't have a losing record doesn't mean we had a winning record like we went eight and eight and that was like the first team that didn't have a losing record but coach Kubiak was our coach as bad as we were every man on that roster would run through a wall for Kubiak we just weren't that good you know roster wise I was an aging defensive man and we didn't have a top quarterback but so it just so with Kubiak even when the writing was on the wall guys were just playing as hard as they could out of respect for him but then you have some uh, coaches that guys just don't respect. They somehow lost the respect of the head coach, and they're just trying to get through the season so they can figure out what they're going to do in the offseason. 
So let, let me ask you, talk about respecting a head coach. Jameis Winston uh, and the New Orleans Saints, they get the ball on the one-yard line after a turnover. Uh, Dennis Allen says, victory formation, take a knee, don't run it up. Jameis Winston says, as a group in the huddle, they decided they were going to score a touchdown, even though they lined up in victory formation. Um, disrespectful maybe to Atlanta because they were expecting a kneel down and weren't really playing defense, but the coach apologizing because his quarterback uh, ran a play that, that wasn't called. Where do, from a inside, take us inside the locker room. Where where does that fall in the line of, you know, did Jameis do the right thing from a player standpoint or coach called for a kneel down? Damn it, you need to take the kneel down. You know, I don't think Jameis understood the heat that his coach was going to take for that decision. Like, if it was a quarterback uh, that has something in between the ears, like a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson, you know, those guys are sharp individuals. You just think, okay, they just disrespected their coach. Jameis Winston, I mean, every time I hear him talk, he's somebody where in, when he was in eighth grade and he was able to, like, read three sentences, the whole class would stand up and cheer because he just, he just doesn't come off as the brightest. So I don't really think he went into that huddle saying, hey, we're just going to disrespect uh, Coach Allen. I think he really thought, you know, I'm going to just do this for the team. The team's going to enjoy it. He didn't realize – that he, he was bringing this heat on his coach. Because, look, I'm all for don't complain when somebody scores on you, just stop it. But victory formation, you're literally telling the defensive line, hey, do me a solid and don't fire out on me. I'm not going to fire out on you. Like, there's this unwritten rule in that situation. And, and I've been through it for 12 years where the offensive line, they'll kind of put their palms to the ground and be like, hey, pump the brakes. I'm not, I'm not going to hit you hard. You don't hit me hard. The game's over. So that's what that defensive line was thinking, uh, and, and that's where it, it gets a little shady. Now, if Jameis Winston, like, told them, hey, we're, we're coming, you know, we're, we're about to score, then at least you give them the heads up. It's almost like a sucker punch. It's well, like all right. Punch. So Jameis making that decision, he said it was group in, in the huddle. So the other ten guys, none of them looked at Jameis and says, dude, we can't do that. I mean, he's a quarterback. He's a leader. So no matter how dumb the leader is, you got to kind of get in line and, and follow, you know, follow the leader. So it, it, that, that's just the nature of the business. Like, if the quarterback says this is what we're going to do, you almost have to just fall in line and do it. Wow. Okay. So you like Jameis Winston, huh? I, I actually do like him. He's funny. But, look, I can like somebody and not think they're that bright. I mean. I hear you. I like my favorite Labrador, but he's not going to be doing any math equations. With you me, see, so. Indy, I have to work with a guy just like that every day. Yeah, yeah I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> I mean, not everybody was blessed with a Rice education. <laughs> you talk about how dumb your leader is. Oh, I know who he's talking about. It ain't me. <laughs> All right, Indy, gut feeling, man. Texans going to win this week. Yeah, and I'm not just saying it because of the sure. I just I think it's very tough to be the same team twice at home. So that that's why I'm going Texans. I'm a little bit nervous because Joe Flacco's looking like Super Bowl Joe Flacco and the way his team's playing, but it is hard to beat the same team twice, especially when you're at their home twice. Good stuff. The great Indy Kalu. Always appreciate it, man. That was great. All right, talk to you all next week. Appreciate it. Indy Kalu on the <laughs> Buyer's Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, oh. and sales for San Antonio and beyond online 
at buyersbarricades.com. Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk will join us coming up at 5.15 to talk Cowboys, some NFL news today as well. Another coach surprisingly got fired. We'll dive into all of that coming up here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. 